elevate your life with this episode of Lifestyle and Success with Dr. S. Hey friends, Dr. S here. You know, one thing that I love about this show is that it shows anyone and everyone that regardless of what background you have, what different experiences you have had, and who you are, that you can obtain your level of success. I've been getting some really positive feedback from the business tips that you've been getting and the lifestyle hacks that I've been loving. And so I have to tell you, if you are feeling this community to subscribe to the talk show and never miss a beat, head to lifestyle and success with drs.com. And today's guest is coming up. So today we have Chrissy Jones joining us. She is the co-founder of Sky Ting and one of New York City's most respected yoga instructors. Chrissy is gonna talk to us today about the ins and outs of bringing your fitness business online. And she's also gonna share her story. Chrissy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Totally excited to have you. So can you tell us your background? How did you even get started with this beautiful business that you have created and this brand that you are so proud of? So Skyting is a yoga studio that I opened six years ago now in 2015 in Chinatown. And it started because I, I'm a dancer first. So movement's always been a big part of my life. And I knew I needed to do something with movement in order to fulfill my path in this world. So I started dancing in New York City, and then I used yoga as a way to kind of stay sane in this crazy town. And yoga quickly grew from a passion to kind of more than that. It grew into a career kind of quickly. So I did a teacher training program, and I was teaching a bunch of yoga classes and retreats and trainings just for other people. And after a while, after a few years of doing that, I was like, oh, I want to do this, but for myself. I have a vision for a studio. I really want to design some place that's very beautiful where a community can gather that doesn't feel corporate or too exclusive in a way of like, you know, there's no like chanting or kind of barrier you need to cross to get into my studio or, you know, prerequisite of yoga knowledge to get into the studio. So I took a leap of faith and I signed a lease in Chinatown in 2015 and a very small space. And I kind of just hoped it would work. I didn't really have experience in business, but I'm smart and I figured it out and I kind of like bootstrapped it. I opened one small studio the first year and it grew and we had sold out classes right away. And so I said, okay, now I want to do a training program to train people in my methodology. So I opened a second space the second year and then that grew. And then I had an opportunity to open a third space in Brooklyn the next year. And that also did well. And then I was like, okay, I can keep opening up yoga studios or I can take a risk on developing some sort of online platform. So I did that for, it took me about two years, my partners and I, two years to design what is now Skyting TV. And we launched it November, 2019. Mm. <laughs> so 
then the pandemic hit and we closed all three of our studios and we only had Sky Ting TV. So I, I became kind of a tech person overnight and not by choice, but by <laughs> pandemic. And then so now I'm kind of reopen with just one of my studios and now it's like a hybrid model. So I have Sky Ting TV, which is an online platform with hundreds of classes and live classes where you can do them anywhere in the world. It's $20 a month to subscribe. And then we have in-studio classes and we still lead retreats around the world. So that's kind of where I am now. Amazing. Talk about impeccable timing, right? <laughs> yes. I'm so happy that we decided, you know, brick and mortar is not sustainable for us. It's too many people. It's too many people to train. It's like, you know, it takes a while to comb a teacher in our methodology. It takes about two years. So I was like, let's just keep our core community of teachers and give them a new outlet, a new platform to teach through. And it works. So I'm very happy that we decided to do that instead of growing the brick and mortar. Yeah, well, I'm glad it worked too. And this is so great because we don't have a lot of women in tech on the talk show. And so I cannot wait to like dig into some of the logistics and the experiences that you've had with like fully going online. But before we get there, I mean, did you ever imagine you would be here in life? What did you think you'd be doing when you grew up? Well, when I was little, I... I was obsessed with dance and obsessed with movement. And I kind of always had an, an idea that I would do something with it. I loved teaching dance when I was in high school. I would teach like ballet classes to, you know, six-year-olds and eight-year-olds. And I, I loved it. And I love being a teacher. I love being a leader. And I love art and design. So it kind of makes sense to me that I ended up here. I get to use all of those skills and interests in what I'm doing. I thought it would be more towards dance, but I ended up learning about yoga a little later in life and just became totally obsessed with it, especially when I found my mentor, Naveen Mashan of Katona Yoga, and she really changed my life and opened my imagination to what you know, running a yoga business could be like, and she is just like the best example of a human that's well-rounded in all the ways. And I was like, whatever she's doing, I'm going to try to do because it's working <laughs> out for her. And that's kind of how I got to this place. Wow. Now, why do you, why do you keep going? I mean, I'm sure you've been met with so many challenges, not just through the pandemic, but just the everyday struggles of running a business, even though it, it looks very glorious to people on the outside. But when you're in the trenches, some days can feel really discouraging. So what keeps you going? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It can feel very um, <laughs> trench-like a lot of the times, but I really am doing something that is aligned with my authentic self. Like I get so much purpose and joy out of what I do. I get to work with my friends, the community of practitioners, you know, they're my peers. And I'm really, I really have a community and I have a vision and it's fun. It, it, it's hard work, but the beautiful thing about owning your own business is you get to evolve it and change it whenever you want to. So what I'm doing now is so different than when I started. And I like that I have like the longevity of that and that I get to change it when I'm bored or in a rut or I evolved myself as a human being. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, definitely having that flexibility in business is, is priceless. And I imagine, I mean, when I 
when I think about this question for you, I think we're going to go in two different places because I think there was a level of flexibility that you have had when you were building the brick and mortar. And then there's also a level of flexibility that you had now that you're moving online. And though it's one business, it's kind of two different contexts. And so I'm wondering, as you were moving into doing something you love that really allowed you to leverage your strengths. What hurdles did you overcome when you were building the brick and mortar? And then as you transitioned, what hurdles did you experience when you were moving to the next phase and bringing everything into an online platform? So for brick and mortar, the biggest challenges that I've experienced were making sure you, there's a lot of people you're dealing with. Like we had at one point, three studios going, 80 teachers, like almost 50 front desk helpers and staff. So it's just a big operation. And I guess the part that I struggled with most was not having a handle on every thing that's going on. So I really had to trust my team and, and delegate like a lot of responsibility to my team. And sometimes I didn't make the best choice in hiring and I didn't do my due diligence of like making sure that the details were all combed through before saying pressing go, I can be pretty impulsive. So I've done some things where I've learned to, you know, really take my time with hiring because at the end of the day, the people are the most important part of your business. So that's brick and mortar. Also, I signed some bad leases. So (laughs) in New York City, you wouldn't believe like the lease I signed for the first location was total crap, but the landlord took a chance on me and it ended up being a beautiful thing. But anyway, at the end of it, he turned the whole building into a nightclub and I had to move location. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that that business didn't work out for him. He, he ended up losing the building. So just like random things like that, just making sure you do have lawyers looking at documents, which I didn't know like before when I first started. So learned it's important to have lawyers. It's important to take your time with hiring and And so that's brick and mortar. And then for the tech side of things, the challenge was really patience for me with website stuff. We did a whole new custom website and, you know, you think online, it's not a physical thing you're building, so it could go up in a second. But actually, it took us like two years to to launch SkyTing TV when we thought it would take a few months. So I learned to be very patient and use that time to develop concepts and content. And yeah, like that was probably the biggest lesson for me there. Yeah, I, I want to dig a, a little bit deeper into that that hurdle because I imagine for anyone who is uh, more of a creative spirit and who is you know dance oriented and movement oriented, then to just like be thrown into this technology world where you're like, uh, I ha- I'm essentially running an app, like I am yeah. on like Silicon Valley level right now. So, like, what hurdles did you find, if any, when you were looking for a team to help you? Because I imagine like you didn't like. Teach yourself code overnight and try to DIY it. I imagine you had to collaborate with some people. So what did it look like to get the right team in place to get that app and the website going? Yeah. So luckily this thing kind of fell into my lap when I was talking to a student who is a tech, like a, a web developer and he makes apps and websites and he's won a bunch of webbies and he was frustrated in the user experience on our old website. And he was, it just started off of him being like, can I make you a new website so that (laughs) 
I could book a class with more ease and it like looks better. And I was like, oh my God, of course. He's like, you know, doesn't need the money. He's a friend and he loves Sky Tang. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. So I formed a relationship with him. And then when I had this idea to kind of grow our business online, I, I went to him first and he was like, this is a great idea. Let me put a team behind it. So we worked with his team and they've been amazing. So we have a, a developer and kind of like a web designer and and it's a small team and we're like a side project for them, which is why it took a while to get it going. But mm-hmm. um, couldn't be more grateful, you know, from the relationships that I made with with students really of SkyTang. And it's amazing when you're doing something that you love. I feel like people can read that and want they want to support that. So people really come out of the woodwork when you need them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so important. And we're going to we're going to go into that a little bit more um, as we get deeper into the interview. But in the meantime, I mean, you mentioned that this person that you met, like totally transformed your life and business by being able to contribute to your vision. And that sounds like a pretty big win to me. What has been your greatest win since being in the business other than like meeting amazing people that help to take you to the next level? Yeah, besides the people, which I would say the people are first, all of my relationships and everyone who's stepped up to the plate to help build the company. I've been so lucky with, you know, those relationships. But another win is having a mentor. I'm a really big believer in having someone who's come before you, who's paved the path and can show you a way that resonates with you. So my mentor is Naveen Mashan, and she gave me $10,000 to start SkyTing. And wow, she just has been the most helpful person along every stumble, both like from a business standpoint, but more so like an emotional and mental standpoint, just like keeping my head on straight, like zooming out, seeing, helping me to see a bigger picture because at the end of the day, none of your problems really matter that much and, (laughs) and things, everything changes over time. So she's been a real blessing for me and an example of how I can build a yoga business gracefully, stay true to the practice and like stay grounded in the the essence and material of yoga that I love so much. Mm, I love that. That is a huge win. And I'm going to push you a little bit because I want, you know, the relationships that you have have really played a big role in your life and in your business. But I want to be honest and say that, like, I know that there are a lot of women out there who don't have anyone. They don't know anyone that's in their industry. They're just getting started. They are like, Mm -hmm. I am just like, coming out here, praying for the best. And I want to take my thing online or I want to build that thing online. And so if you didn't have some of those strategic partnerships in your life, like what would your advice be for those women? Like what are some of the first things you would do if let's say you weren't as lucky to have someone in your yoga class that was like, oh, I, I run a tech company <laughs> like right. I'll build your thing. <laughs> or this mentor who's like, I want to contribute and gift you, you know, 10K towards your project. Like if you didn't have that, what would be some of the moves that you would make? 
take to get your brick and mortar or just to start from scratch with an online app or online platform that can serve your clients and customers? What did you learn along the way that you can kind of gift to folks? Well, great question. It depends on what kind of setup you want to do. If you want to do live classes or I don't know, maybe you're a restaurant and you want to do something online. But you, what I've learned is you really can't cut a lot of corners with the online stuff. Like my advice is, is you get what you pay for. (laughs) Find people with tons of experience, interview a lot of people and reach out to the communities that you have, like on social media and things like that. And and see who's around, who has experience that can help you because it really, it does take a large team. So kind of gather your troops. And I guess that's the the best advice I could get is like, take your time, same with brick and mortar, like take your time with hiring for all of these things, because we actually didn't start with the current team that we have now. We got dropped by a team in Portugal because we tried to like, they gave us a quote and we were like, no, that's too expensive. And then we used these other people in Portugal who quoted us about half, but then they dropped the job halfway through and they were like, oh, your setup's too complicated. So they kind of (laughs) left us stranded and we ended up having to pay for that. And than hiring more people that were more expensive. So yeah, you just, you, it costs some money and you get what you pay for (laughs) online and (laughs) in the physical realm as well. So same laws apply there. Mm, Such a good point. Do you have any apps or websites that you use to find tech teams and tech people that can help out? No, I don't. And this was such a foreign world to me. So I really asked people who had experience in in that world. So I I did shop around and I I met with maybe five different teams, but I I went with my intuition at the end to finally find a team that works for me. Um, Mm -hmm. We work with MindBody if anyone's out there listening and also works with MindBody. It's really hard to integrate MindBody software into a custom website. So it's such an antiquated software they use. So we had to find really, really skilled people to be able to integrate it into our website and make it look pretty, which is a very big deal for us. The design of our physical spaces as well as our online experience has to be aesthetically up to par. Um, Mm. So we... We did it eventually, but yeah, it took a long time and it took a few transitions between hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what, what I think is the most important thing that you said there was even though you may not have like sites for people to go to, you mentioned something really important, which is the power of networking. And so I would say like the first thing that a lot of women listening can probably do is if you, you know, don't want to just venture off cold, you know, combing through sites that uh, have tech teams you can hire you probably should just start to network a little bit to find people in the app space and in the online space that can then refer folks to you. Because I th- the power of referral is, is yeah. so huge. And I think it's worth more than any other kind of sourcing methodology you can use to get people on your team. Totally. Um, 
So, so getting those referrals, and even if you don't know anyone, you know, in the space, getting to networking events that allow you to meet those kinds of people will probably be helpful. Your chamber of commerce, business events, any kind of networking places in your industry or out, even outside of your industry, probably better outside of your industry. Yeah, um, you can get another perspective may may help too. Right. Yeah. No, the, we work on referrals as our main form of acquisition at SkyTang. Everything's been organic. So yeah, agree, agree, agree. I would also add and say at times we've even looked to universities like students who are graduating from when we were opening our Chinatown location, we looked to the architecture program and help had someone help us with the designs for the studio space in exchange for experience. So I think if you're working on a budget, there's a lot of talented people coming out of, you know, grad programs in tech and whatever, and you can reach out to the head of those departments and see who's available. Mm, That is such a good point uh, because I also see so many women getting a lot of support with, with interns, not just from your perspective with the, with the design, but also with just like administrative tasks and researchers and all of that. So there's definitely a university for pretty much everything. But what are some of those titles that you may think are or that that you know are important to have in your team when you're thinking of building that that kind of I guess that that tech support that you know is going to take you to the next level. So like I know there's the graphic designer who you would use, maybe like a UX designer. Are there any other titles that folks can just Google so that they can see what's out there and also find universities that train those folks? Yeah, so you definitely need a graphic designer and you need the graphic designer will need to work with the website designer who knows, you know, the specs and all the things coding for the graphics being and put it into this website. And then you obviously need a a web developer who can write the code, (laughs) make changes (laughs) and fix bugs. You kind of need someone who can be on call if you're doing something custom to, you know, because nothing's perfect when you launch something. So you have to edit along the way. So having someone that can be helpful when things come up. So yeah, I would say those three titles are what to look for. Super helpful. I hope that helps someone out there. I know like for people who where the tech space is far into them, they they probably don't even know where to start and what these tech people call themselves. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's helpful. And I I might add also an app developer because do you guys have an app with your website or um, does your web developer kind of also do the app stuff? So we don't have, we have a, a way where you can plug our website into an app button. We don't have an app, like you can't Google us on the applications, you know, app where you find other apps on your iPhone or whatever phone you're using. So we are developing that for the future. That's Mm -hmm. a bigger project. It's also if you have a subscription-based service like we do, Apple ends up taking, I think it's like something crazy, like 20 or 30%. Don't quote me on this. You can Google (laughs) it after. We can do a little fact check. But um, we ended up not making an app for that reason. So not yet, but I think once we grow, that is in the pipeline for us. 
Amazing. Amazing. Christy, can you pivot a little bit and talk now about logistics? So I can imagine that the kind of online business that you run is probably a lot more complicated than platforms that other people may choose to to develop, which I think speaks to your brilliance and your commitment uh, to your work. Because I can imagine it's probably very complex to get teachers teaching at a certain time and the recordings and streaming and then like, you know, portioning out who paid for what and giving them access to just that specific program and the streaming that has to deal with, you know, with making sure that they only have access to that one class and not all the other classes. So can you talk a little bit maybe about some logistical hacks that you've used to keep yourself organized and to make sure that, you know, you can communicate to those developers what needs to happen on the platforms? Yeah, so we found a solution that kind of does a lot of what you're saying. It separates payments, it categorizes memberships. So that's called Stripe. It's our payment processor. And it's also where we can see, you know, who's a new customer, who's unsubscribed and all of the the information. So Stripe, I would say it's like very user friendly. It's like kind of like Shopify. So anytime you're using one of those bigger platforms like that and integrating it into your online thing, I think they have such a good way of making things easy and clear and user friendly for you, especially if you're someone like me that doesn't come from like coding or a tech background. So finding, yeah, like finding a larger umbrella like that, that you can integrate into your system, I think is helpful when you're looking at data and customers and all of all of the things you need to know about your business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is super helpful. Last question on this, and that is about specifically investors and and kind of compensating your team. So you have a team that, you know, obviously you have to compensate based off of the amount of subscribers you get and and that whole thing. I'm wondering if you would recommend for folks who are thinking of taking their brick and mortar business online, if you would recommend that they get investors and also add that to the pool of compensation or if they should try to bootstrap it and just kind of, okay, we have 10 customers, you know, signed up for this class or signed up for this program or this cooking tutorial. And so I'm going to pay my cooking teachers based off of that. There's no other investors kind of buying in that I have to worry about. What would your advice be for those folks? Should they bootstrap? Should they look into investors? And do you have any other like compensation tips that may help them? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's so individual for everyone. I For me, it was always bootstrap was the way to go because I like working with a small team. I like having control. I don't like having people that I feel like I have to hit milestones for. I like to, Mm. you know, hit hit those on my own without the pressure because it's a lot of pressure anyway and I don't want to add more. Um, With that said, it's a slow burn. It's like, do you want to pour gasoline on what you're doing and light a big fire right away? Or is this something that you enjoy and you can take your time and then down the road if you want to, you know, involve investors, you can, but off the bat, you're not, you know, you don't have to worry about it. So that's what I decided to do, which has been working out for me. I don't know. I might take on some investors later on. But for me, I think growing organically is the most sustainable thing you can do. I've, I've seen a lot of my friends' companies you know, flourish right away and then they grew too quickly and now they folded. So um, mm-hmm. I think the safest bet probably is to 
bootstrap, but I think it's different for every company and every person's personality. I didn't want to spend my time in board meetings with a ton of members. Mm -hmm. I like to spend my time building content, being creative and making changes um, along the way. Mm, Chrissy Jones, so helpful. (laughs) If you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would give myself a lot of advice. I, I guess the the best thing I could say to my younger self would be to just not worry about just it's all good. Like any struggle you have is an important part of your journey. And when I look back at all the mistakes that I made in Sky Tang, I'm so grateful for them actually at the end of it because I'm I'm in a good place and without them I wouldn't have learned what I needed to learn in order to be in this position. So any hard time you're going through, know that it's temporary. It's like you're lost in the woods, but eventually you get out and I always feel like you spiral up a level when you go through something hard. So yeah, try to, obviously you'll have feelings when you go through challenges, but try to not take it to heart so much and and also spend time on your other lives outside of your business because we're all very full people and we're not defined by what we do in, in business. We're, we're multifaceted. Mm, beautiful. How can our audience find and support you? So I'd love to to see you all online on Skyting TV. So if you're interested in yoga or meditation or breath work, we have classes of all lengths, levels, styles, and you can try seven days free, skyting.com. And if you're in New York City and want to take an in-person class, we are open. So we'd love to have you in the studio. Love that. Well, I can definitely say I look forward to gracing your studio sometime in the very near future. <laughs> yes. Please come. Let me know when you're in town and I'll, I'll definitely plug you into the schedule whenever you have time. Totally, totally. This has been so fun and so helpful, Christy. I'm so thankful that you came on the show to share your beautiful business and give some tips. And I can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much. Lovely meeting you. You are listening to Lifestyle and Success with Dr. S, a talk show to help you rise in business success while designing a life that you don't need a vacation from. To subscribe to the show and never miss a beat, head to lifestyleandsuccesswithdrs.com.